What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. This is Weekend Mornings with me, Jason Dacey on Money FM 89.3. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined now by Suki Singapura, Singapore's first burlesque artist and activist and 1880s global ambassador. She's dressed to the nine. She looks beautiful here. She's uh, only had a couple of hours sleep, and we really appreciate you being here on Money FM. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Now, you're a really unique performer, and I've followed you a bit on Instagram, and I see that you're traveling here and there. Tell us what you're yes. doing in Singapore on this trip. Um, okay. Um, well, basically, it's a very exciting time because, um, as you mentioned, I just became the face and the global ambassador of this fantastic new venue, 1880, um, which is a members club. Um, and it's really exciting that they've chosen a kind of a burlesque artist to represent. That's kind of unique, it's isn't about. it? It's so exciting, especially from the history of how burlesque has gone down here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. Talk, tell us about the club then. It's a unique uh, kind of exclusive club. And what's your role with it? It's it's fantastic. Basically, the owner, Mark um, Nicholson, he wanted to create a space here in Singapore that felt like it was irrespective of social or political geography, that it was all about people connecting from all over the world, coming into Singapore, starting conversations and creating exciting projects and change. So it's kind of like artists, business people, all flavors of life coming in into this one space, which is the most, and I'm not just saying this, <laughs> the most beautiful space I think I've ever seen here. It really is phenomenal. So high-end individuals can network at 1880. You're the global ambassador. But let's talk about your journey, and it is quite a journey. Right. Uh, the important date for you is the 31st of January 2015. That wow, was when yeah. burlesque was actually legalized here mm -hmm. in Singapore, and you gave the first ever performance at Clifford Pier. <laughs> Tell us about that and your journey of four years of fighting to have it legalized. Wow, yeah. I mean, just you saying that kind of, I always pinch myself and think, did this really happen? But yeah, basically, um, I heard about the word burlesque in 2011 and I was actually in the UK at the time because um, I'm mixed race Singaporean. My father's Indian Singaporean. My mother is British. Um, heard about this word burlesque and I was like, where can I, where can I sign up? So I started to give it a go. Previously, I was a IT geek. Um, got kind of good at it and then came back to Singapore. And what I didn't realize was, number one, I was the first ever Singaporean woman to do it, which is crazy. So you looked up uh, whether anything had happened before. Nothing. You looked up, looked, put together words, yeah, Singaporean burlesque no, in the Google nothing. search, nothing. <laughs> no professional burlesque artists in existence. There was Rose Chan. We had Malaysian. Yes. Um, striptease artist Rose Chan, but it wasn't um, burlesque. Um, well, tell us the difference because a lot of people out there, you know, aren't that familiar with burlesque. Right. I know it's an art form, but tell us about the, the difference and where it actually stands. Right. So I guess this is exactly why it um, wasn't allowed to be performed publicly in that a lot of people think that burlesque is this word that kind of makes people embarrassed, blush and giggle because they think it involves stripping. Mm. Um, yes, I did say that word this earlier morning, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's all about about the tease and none of the reveal. Yes, there are elements of strip tease. There's removal of garments, but mm. there's absolutely no nudity. And it focuses on body confidence, female empowerment, and 80% of my audience are actually women. So it's by women for women. And that is essentially the reason why when I came back into Singapore, it felt so wrong for it to be not allowed to be performed publicly that I felt like even though I could perform it anywhere else in the world, if I couldn't perform it 
in my home country, it wasn't right. And that's why I fought so hard for it. Tell us about that fight. What did you do when you came back? And this was, I guess, around 2011. Uh, 2013, yeah. Okay. it was tough. I kind of say it in a really lazy, fair way. Yeah, I just fought for it. But um, we were, um, I started a society called the Singapore Burlesque Society, which perhaps some of you guys may have heard of or, or follow or hopefully are members of. Um, and it was campaigning for the right for women or men because of such thing as boylesque. Is there? Um, I didn't there know that. sure is. I have um, to look into that. <laughs> for, for women or, or men to be able to express themselves mm. in their sexuality. Mm. And um, it was like freedom of the arts. Yes. Um, so, 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 yeah. So, so then it was kind of a case of creating this um, underground movement mm. so that even though it wasn't allowed publicly um, in kind of like mainstream media or it wasn't so sort of talked about or it wasn't allowed to be performed in public spaces, there was still this huge underground movement that if big enough, it could really push for change. And that's exactly what we were able to achieve really towards the end of it. We're speaking to Suki Singapore, Singapore's first burlesque artist and activist. Uh, all right, more about that journey. And, you know, who did you speak to? Did you speak to, you know, MPs or did you, you know, you had this underground movement, but what uh, I think got it over the line for you? I think, I think really it sounds crazy, but it was a combination of two things. The first thing was um, being invited to Buckingham Palace, <laughs> which... And you saw the Queen, is that um, right? I was invited. I didn't meet the Queen personally, but yes, I had a royal invite to Buckingham Palace, wow. um, basically as part of the Asian Women of Achievement Awards to say thank you for fighting for women's rights in Asia, which was... It gave burlesque in Singapore this phenomenal, um, scandalous platform um, for which it's kind of like, well, if Britain and the monarchy are accepting burlesque, how come we aren't? And then the year it was allowed to be performed publicly, 2015, just so happened to be SG50. And I guess we looked around for diverse artists where we could prove that we had progressed as a country and we were kind of like, we realized that perhaps we hadn't celebrated our local artists who were pushing boundaries enough. So I think those two things really helped really were like pivotal in helping create that change. And that first performance on the 31st of January 2015 at Clifford Pier, tell us about your emotions as you went through that and what it was like. God, um, it was quite possibly one of the most emotional experiences of my life because it had been such a hard fight going up against my culture, um, doing something that my parents weren't particularly um, approving of because, of course, they're both doctors. Um, yes. <laughs> the other option was lawyer. Um, so yes. I'm kidding. But, th- but no, there's a lot of doctors of in your family, I believe, right? <laughs> there, it's a kind of a, a tradition, are. isn't it? Because yeah, let, let's, let's backtrack a bit because <laughs> you were, uh, I think, uh, an IT person. You're, a geek. You're a geek. You had braces on your teeth. You have beautiful teeth now, by the way. So, oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, so <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> but yeah, tell me the person that you were then and the transformation that, that, uh, that happened through burlesque. I think... Um, even though despite my external exper- uh, appearances and, of course, my I'm acutely aware of my global citizen accent problem, um, I'm from a really traditional Singaporean family, Indian Singaporean family, mm. and they were very, very um, keen for me to pus- pursue the sciences um, because my family are, as you say, in the medical professions. Many of them are lawyers and, and or are in the army, and they wanted the same for me, really, because... Um, the problem with us, and it still is a problem here, is that a lot of parents see science as a stable 
and arts as not financially supporting. Yes. And so there's this terrible stigma even now, which is crazy, where arts are kind of frowned upon or arts aren't supported or they're seen as extracurricular. And I think that can be painful um, for people who have art in their veins and art in their blood and they're just struggling to prove to their parents that you can make a career out of it. Thankfully, it is something that I have been able to do. But for me, I feel like if you're truly passionate about something, really passionate about something, then financial security will come. Don't chase the money. Just chase the passion. Just believe in the passion and then people will come on board and want to want to have a slice of that. Well, tell us about your routine, about what you do on the stage and also where you're doing it and how you sustain your life as a financial member of society. Um, well, um, this month um, and over the next year, you'll see me performing it um, and giving talks at 1880, of course, um, a lot. So please do check out that venue. Um, and then in terms of everywhere else, I I say that I'm in a different country every week. It sounds preposterous, but it is actually true. Right. Um, so last, Performing at clubs. Yeah, and- f- clubs, theatres, mm. um, and and uh, yeah, concert halls and, and venues around the world. So last week I was in Hong Kong. Um, this week I'll be in London, and the week after I'll be in Los Angeles. So it's, it is kind of crazy. It's super crazy. I, I live on a plane. I feel like I live on a plane. <laughs> and this is solo performing or part of uh, uh, you know many other burlesque performers? How does it work? Um, I have backing dancers. So here I'm adamant on basically supporting local talent. So I make sure that my backing dancers are always incredible local artists. Um, So I've trained them in the style of burlesque and they join me on stage. Um, And the same for other countries. And sometimes it's guy backing dancers or sometimes it's girl backing dancers and sometimes it's everything and everyone in between. Wow. And uh, how did you set this up? It's an incredible thing to be in Los Angeles or London or Hong Kong and Singapore. Right. How did you get this going? Wow. I I actually taught myself because as you say, I... um, my parents kind of um, helped me <laughs> see that I should possibly uh, follow the sciences. And so with Burlesque, it was a case of teaching. My, I literally taught myself off of YouTube. Is that right? Uh, yeah, mm. in seven days. My first gig, I managed to wing and get a, a, a place in a theater in the UK within seven days of actually like, learning what Burlesque was. So I had like seven days to teach myself Burlesque off of YouTube. That was my first gig. And it was awful. It went horribly wrong. Like, things got stuck. <laughs> oh, I dear. didn't realize how difficult wardrobe it is. Wardrobe malfunction. To, wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. You know, it's surprisingly difficult to do a tease when you ha- can't see where you're what you're unhooking and you have to look straight ahead mm. and maintain that face of pure class. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's that's difficult. I mean, you want to turn around and look what you're doing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, it's actually, it really is an art. Um, so I taught myself and and in terms of around the world, I guess, you know, that's just the incredible reception that I've had. And I think it's it's really because I'm so passionate about um, being a Singaporean artist and no one's really heard of a burlesque artist in Singapore is unheard of. So I think that's really helped make people want to be a part of that and support that. And it's really opened so many doors in terms of um, Hollywood and in terms of different countries around the world. I mean, I've followed you on social media and Instagram and, you, you know, you're mixing with some big names and celebrities and all that. But do you get booked by an agent or how does it work? Um no, I actually secure. I'm I'm a terrible workaholic. Um, I so have like, no life aside from spooning my cats. Right. Um, so you're an independent so, contractor who just goes and what, keeps working the nonstop. Hustle, <laughs> the art hustle. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I'm. I'm all about. Um, yeah, I, 
I like to get secure my own work. I like to get my own gigs because I feel like no one can really um, explain what I'm all about other than the person who's most passionate about it, which is myself. So I prefer to do that. Yeah, I, I have a fantastic um, publicity team. One of the members, Rachel, is standing right here with us. Yes. Um, and some incredible people around me, a really strong team. But in terms of getting those gigs, it's something that I do I do myself. And where are the top burlesque performers? Is it France or Europe? Where do you find the best ones? Wow. Um, one of the most phenomenal moments of my career was performing at the Burlesque Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. Mm. I think as an artist, everyone wants to do Vegas. Vegas, of course. Um, yeah, so being able to do that was one heck of a moment. Um, I think especially for a, a, like a, a weird mixed race, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> peculiar rainbow-colored wh- human from, from <laughs> Singapore, um, being able to then stand on that international stage is quite a feat. So that's been proud. Been, yeah, I think I, that was a really proud moment for me. Um, and of course performing here you know I get to have so many opportunities to perform as you say in Hollywood or Hong Kong but nothing really feels like the pride that I get performing back home and I think there's something to be said for that because so many artists and so many people my age who want to make it they want to leave Singapore and they don't think Singapore's cool and they want to be on those Hollywood stages and you know what for me I just want to make Singapore cool again because I feel the greatest sense of pride and achievement when I can say, here I am as a Singaporean artist, making it internationally, sure, but being able to bring those performances back home to venues like 1880 or to historic places like Clifford Pier. And and this month now I'll be performing at the National Museum as well. So those are really emotional, important moments for me. Well, I guess finally I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give anyone um, like yourself? You're 28 years of age. You've already done a lot. What would you give uh, someone, a teenager, maybe wanting to try and do what you've done or do something in the arts that's a bit different? I think just don't be afraid to follow your dreams. It can be so painful going up against what culture expects of you, what what your family expect of you. There's that fear factor of you want to hold on to that cliff for security, but you're too afraid to let those fingers drop and free fall. And I think, you know, Will Smith once said that the greatest things in life are on the other side of fear. And I truly believe that if you believe in your dreams enough, then allow yourself to free fall and everything will come. Wow, that's quite a statement. I love that. Uh, Suki, where can we catch you in Singapore in the next few days? Okay, so the next few days I'll be running around here, there, and everywhere. I will be at 1880, but um, I'll make it, be making a couple of public appearances. So if you can catch me, do OUE Downtown, Guava Labs. Um, and then, of course, on the 29th of June, I will be performing at the National Museum as well. Wow. I have to catch that on the 29th of June. Suki Singapore, Singapore's first burlesque artist, activist in 1880. Global Ambassador, thank you for getting up early and being our guest on Weekend Mornings. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks for having me.